0: So I, had, I wrote up this whole um, mashal of a snake charmer last week and I found um, another reference uh, to a snake charmer both in Bracious rubber and in Ovesta Rabinossam. So I thought I, I would like to just explore the one in Breshit Rubber, which I think is Genesis Rubber 1910. And it's troping on the verse, did. Um, who told you, who told you, Ki-e-rumata, that you were naked? Who told you that? Did you, in fact, eat from the... Tree that I told you not to eat from. So we're gonna be comparing that to the one in Deuteronomy. Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree? Which is based on Genesis 3:11. God says to Eve, right? So Rabbi Levi says: Le a woman neighbor, wants to borrow some vinegar. She And so she goes into the wife of the snake charmer. Chabar is a snake charmer. And she goes in to borrow vinegar. So obviously she's an evil woman and she wants to instigate something between the wife of the snake charmer and her husband. And so she goes in on the ostensible excuse to borrow vinegar. It's interesting because vinegar is sour. It's whatever that represents. Omra Law Ma bala so she's chatting with her as she goes into bar and says how does your husband treat you Omrol So the snake charmer's wife says kol he's a wonderful husband um, he's a wonderful husband Chutz, except Do <laughs> you remember the leonard cohen everybody knows that you've been faithful give or take I don't, Except for this barrel, hmm. which is filled, he says, with snakes and scorpions, which he does not give me the right to access this barrel. Everything else he does. So she says to the housewife, you know, he really lied to you when he told you that it's filled with snakes and scorpions. All his jewelry is stored, stored in that barrel. And he wants to marry another woman and give it to her. Okay. What did the housewife do? Of course, she put her hand in to check for the jewelry, to check whether the veracity of the evil neighbor was true or not. And, of course, the snakes and scorpions. Uh, so, So she sticks her hand in it, right? She becomes a scientist, you know? I have to examine the evidence. And then she gets bitten. And now the husband comes home. And in Rabbi Rabbeinosson, she's screaming in pain, you know. And in Rabbi Noson he realizes what is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hears her screaming. Did you touch that forbidden vat, that cask? And that's the end here. Now, in Rabbi Noson he banishes her. They separate. Now, in the story of Adam and Eve, there is a separation for 130 years in the Midrash. OK, that's the Moshal. Before I dive into the Nimshal, so it, the, the critical points of the Moshal are the three actors. And before I, before I dip into what the, what the Bala Nimshal, the Bala medrash tells us is the Nimshal, we have to form our own understanding of the Moshal. So the three actors are the snake charmer who wants to protect his wife from uh, the evil scorpions. Well, what's he? Do- what, why has he got them in his house? And and he can't charm scorpions. Why are there scorpions in there? It's the problem. If he's a snake charmer, and the point of the marshal is he's protecting her. Well, he's protecting her from snakes. Why? Um, Why aren't there only snakes in there? Why are there scorpions in there? What are the scorpions doing there? Okay, and why couldn't he, um, if he really loved her and everything, let him teach her snake charming so she doesn't hurt herself? I mean, these are the questions as I'm reading this uh, that come up. And the the other two actors are the wife and the evil neighbor. The marshal isn't tight enough, really, because... Uh, there is a snake in the real story and the snake charm is able to control the snake so if god is the snake charmer why would he leave his snakes in the barrel for eve to shove her hand in so these are the questions that come up i mean it's obvious that you're gonna the whole house is full of Beautiful things. You're the best yeah. husband. Yeah. And in the basement, you got hundreds of barrels of yes. wine, vinegar, yes. this, that, and the other. The neighbor comes to borrow some vinegar, and you tell her. The first thing you tell her. Why would you tell her that? You know, my husband loves me, yes. except, for. except for. It means that that's really bothering you. Before the neighbor came, yes. there's a yes. problem yes. going on yes. between yes. the husband and wife because the love is totally unconditional, except for. Except for this. Right. Okay, well, let's see what the Bala Medrish does. Okay, so it doesn't say to chava. It's interesting. Is he considering Adam and Eve together? The, the, the discussion is Mihi Khosh ki erumata. You know, who's he who's he talking to? Is he talking to Eve or both Adam and Eve or the combination? But here in the Nimshal, he's talking to Odomorishon, to the man. So the woman, the wife, is in the story is the man. I told you not to touch that, that tree. Did you teach did you eat from it? So he, you know, now clearly he allows them to eat from every tree in the garden except that one, the tree of knowledge, which was harmful for them accordingly to the Nimshal. It's harmful for them. Why? Because it's the root of tovarai, it's the root of evil in the world. And So the serpent, like the evil woman in the parable, convinced Eve that it wasn't harmful, otherwise she wouldn't have told her to stick her hand in it. He convinced her, and not only that, that, that the intent of the snake charmer, meaning the snake is telling Eve that the intent of God is to withhold its benefits from them, because he had it from someone else? I don't know. And that's the end of the Mashal. So um, I found Gerald Blitzdein, in in, the, in Be'er Sheva, to have a very good questioning. He says, the woman borrowing the vinegar is obviously interested in more than that. Her borrowing vinegar is a ploy to get into the home where she will pursue her other interests. <laughs> Metaphorically, she's after the vinegar, of course, of a human sort. And so she poses her question, can I borrow some? The wife's worst fears are now confirmed. She not only asks innocent questions and gathers information, she's also able to dispense information uh, gathered somewhere else, meaning that your husband is really interested in another woman. The husband, she reveals, not only lies to his wife and denies her the contents of the cask, The cask and its contents are simply an expression of his basic unfaithfulness to her. And the wife then plunges her hand into the cask to confirm her worst fears. Does the vinegar-borrowing woman know this from the outset? Well, not likely, as no special prescience is attributed to her. She's just worldly-wise, shrewd, understanding the human reality confronts. Perhaps one should simply say that the only true point of contact between the Moshal and the Nimshel is that which the Midrash renders explicit, meaning the nature of the question asked by the snake charmer or God, did you touch, have you eaten? Everything else is just an, a narrative introduction. But an alternative narrative beckons. And the parable in the other um, uh, the other, Ovester Noson goes as follows. To one who had a wife at home, what did the man do? He went and bought a jar and put into it figs and nuts, a definite number of them. Then he caught a scorpion and put it at the mouth of the jar. The jar he sealed with a tight fitting lid and put it in the corner. My dear, he said to her, everything I have in this house is in your hands except this jar, which you may not touch at all. What did the woman do as soon as her husband left for the marketplace? She stuck her hand into the jar, and the scorpion stung her. She started back and fell onto her couch, and when he returns home, what is this? I put my hand in the jar, and a scorpion stung me, and now I am dying. Didn't I tell you so in the beginning? Everything I have in the house is in your hands, except this jar, which you may not touch at all. And so he grew angry and sent her away. This is what Adam was like when the Holy One said to him, of every tree you shall accept, the tree of knowledge. And when he ate of it, he was banished. So this also in this moshal, there's no snake charmer. It's just a husband. And the wife represents both Adam and Eve. And the husband represents God. Why does he forbid the jar to this wife? And why does he protect it with a scorpion? He puts the scorpion there to protect the jar. But there's a difference between the two. Yeah. that there's also figs, there's actually something good. Right, the figs. And one of the Midrashams say that the fruit of the Eighth was figs. And using the scorpion as the husband does is certainly harsh. He is not, after all, a snake charmer who has scorpions around as a matter of course. This scorpion is placed deliberately at the mouth to punish anyone undoubtedly the wife who reaches in as well as to disclose the culprit what kind of a husband does that what kind of a husband sets up that the seal jar now is a test of obedience and loyalty in our snake charmers story the seal jar full of scorpions and snakes is his job. That's how he makes his living. So he's telling her, please don't put your hand in the barrel of, of, of scorpions and, and snakes because you're going to be bitten. You don't know how to do snake charming. I'm a snake charmer. You're not. It's a whole different side to the Ovesta Rabbinasana. It's a much more sinister side. The tree, the tree of knowledge is intrinsic value is hinted as the parallel to the figs and nuts but if figs and nuts are precious, so too is the tree of knowledge, which begs the whole question as to what is the really deeper intent of the mashal for me? That is, if the snake charmer or the husband is God, then the image of God as a spouse to humanity, an image undoubtedly based on the dual grounds of covenant and love is significant. He's not only a parent to his childlike creatures, He's left instructions while he is absent, the command not to eat of the tree of knowledge. The snake charmer doesn't appear to be testing his wife. He must keep the snakes about, and he wants to protect her while he's away. That is to say, he is the source of danger, but he also tries to control its potential for harm. So you have to say that the tree of knowledge is banned not in order to test or selfishly deprive humankind of something that would benefit them but because it is truly harmful. When in what way is the tree of knowledge truly harmful? And that was really my point here. In what way is it truly harmful? And that brings me to the more subversive understanding of this mashal, because in the original mashal that we discussed uh, in Deuteronomy, I didn't give you a heart to understand, Um, in which the mashal is a chabar, Kasha ra'ah achna Ahad kasher. So he has this very tough snake he's trying to charm, mm. and he says to his audience, "Miu Who is able to charm such a snake? And they say to him, "Velo at you're the most amazing snake charmer. Surely you'll be able to charm this snake." Hakol And here the snake charmer. Is Hakadosh Baruch who says "Mi who is going to give this people Israel a, a heart to understand? Well, they just got through saying Nase What are you talking about? And God's response is to Moses, "Aha, huh, they just said, Nase but Mi but Halavai. I wish if only." They would have a heart to understand. And then only in Deuteronomy 29.3, Moses repeats that and says, and God didn't you give you a heart to understand until today. So the function of the Chabar, of the snake charmer there is that, you know, a snake charmer says to his audience, wow, look at this snake, who could possibly do it? Yeah. He's trying to rile them up and to yeah. say, Yeah, you can, you can, you're the snake charmer, you're the best, right? And God is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, who could could charm this, Mm -hmm. who could give this heart? So the snake here is this kind of hidden desire, the dark side of man. And even when we profess we'll accept the Torah, God has his doubts because he knows about this dark side. This serpentine doubting Thomas is in all of us at all times. And so I thought to connect that snake charmer with the one in Genesis. Why do we have a heart to know and not earlier by Mount Sinai? Only at the end, when Moses is dying, do we have the change of heart, which took 40 years. And why do we need the parable of the snake charmer? What does it add? Obviously, the snake charmer is God. The snake charmer is both God in this parable and in the parable in Genesis. And so I wanted to suggest when God says to, uh, to uh, in Rabbi Levi's imagination, who told you that you were naked? Yeah. The parable speaks of an evil woman borrowing vinegar, which is that serpentine Yetzirah horror that we have within ourselves. The evil woman borrowing vinegar and suggesting that our relationship with the divine has a dark side to it, that in fact the dark side is our sense of anxiety and insecurity in this world that somehow the father in heaven has another wife or that he's in love with someone else and therefore this tree of knowledge that is being given in the middle of the garden is a setup because it's that one barrel that reflects the infidelity of the husband right. in the mind of the right. wife. So it's all sort of a charade. It's a charade, of yeah. course, the yeah. whole thing is a charade. Yeah. Why would you put it there? Right. To test us? Right. In the Ovis de he does it to test the wife. Yep. In the snake charmer, he's saying, look, I also have, I make my living from this barrel of snakes. Please don't put your head in there, right? There's something about the tree of good and evil. This idea of of knowledge, yeah. there's this gnosis, there's this hidden knowledge that human beings really uh, Pandora's box, right? Yes, there's yes. deep connections between this story and Pandora's box, yes. because that also brings death into the world, just like eating of the tree. But God plants this tree in the garden, and like the snake charmer, only he knows how to handle this dangerous knowledge. He doesn't trust mankind to handle the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And therefore the knowledge of good and evil could only harm them by making them mortal like the venom of a snake. And so the mashal for me hides a protest. And the hidden protest in the mashal of this wonderful story of a snake charmer, then becomes where is the anxiety in the husband? Let's put it back on him. He does not trust us to handle the knowledge. Now, there's no question, what have we done with science and technology, right? If you look at the history of warfare, technology has only advanced our ability for mass murder and genocide. So there's a dark side to the knowledge as well as a good side. And that, I think, is what is being protested here. Meaning you didn't have enough faith in humanity when you created us, and you wanted us to remain childlike because you knew as a good parent that we wouldn't be able to handle the dark side of that knowledge. So what is so beautiful about the Mashal, not the pious interpretation by the Nimshal, but us as the reader taking that Mashal and understanding that both in the husband there is this dark side, in either being overprotective in the one mashal of his wife, knowing that she couldn't handle what he could because he had the secret knowledge of snake charming, or in the second, not trusting her with that knowledge in the Rabbi Noson, What we see though is the anxiety of both the husband slash God slash snake charmer, but inside the mashal is hidden this protest as to the whole setup, Yes. there's this setup in which you put me in this impossible situation as the wife. Why would you tell the wife? Everything is yours except. Right. And that is to me the hidden protest, which betrays our own projected yeah. hidden anxiety.